Betches Media presents. I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. you like beer, Senator, or not? Uh, my party is going bat crazy. Ah! You're the pop- Alternative facts. Oh, goodness. The Betches Sup Podcast. America! Hello, and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Sammy Fishbein. And today, guys, we have a very special bonus interview. She is a journalist, advice columnist, and author of the brand new book, What Do We Need Men For? It's E. Jean Carroll. Welcome. Welcome. We're so excited to have you. Well, I'm thrilled to be here. I can (laughs) hardly make it through to your podcast studio through all... What is going on out there? Drake Bell is here. Yes. We have E. Jean Carroll and Drake Bell here at the same time. The Betches office is full. Yeah. Oh, okay. The, it was pretty fabulous. And you have a yeah. cute dog. Whose dog is that? That's my dog. That yes. dog. What's the dog's name? Bruce Bader Ginsburg. Ah! <laughs> yeah. Love it. Yeah. What he's a, a good cute, boy. He's he a is a good, good dog. He's a good he's boy. A good Sometimes. Dog. Sometimes there's another cute dog in here as well. Oh, really? Her yes. name is Sansa. And Lady she's also very cute. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, Bruce Bader Ginsburg, I love it. Yes, you can follow him on Instagram at Bruce I, Bader Ginsburg. Oh, thank you, thank you. I hope he doesn't get into a fight with those two makeup people. Yes, oh who are those makeup people? Do we remember Tati Westbrook and James, James Charles? Charles. Let's, yes, let's have Bruce Bader Ginsburg get into a tussle with it. Yeah. I mean, that would up his profile by big, a lot. Big, big and, and for those of you who are confused at why we are mentioning these characters out of nowhere, mm-hmm. tune into the end of this episode where we're going to include an outtake from our our pre-interview convo, <laughs> <Yeah>. which <laughs> accidentally recorded but happened to be great. So yes. just so stay tuned. You guys will understand why we're talking about James Charles and Tati Westbrook. Right. Um, but back to E. Jean Carroll. <laughs> Uh, so we just wanted to start out by having you tell us about yourself and your background. I mean, we know about you. Yes. But for our listeners to know about you. Well. Who is E. Jean Carroll? You're a very famous lady. E. e. Jean Carroll writes the Ask You Jean column in Elle magazine and has written the Ask You Jean column for 26 years. Wow. And old E. Jean, <laughs> you know. You is a writer for was a writer for Saturday Night Live and for Esquire and for Outside Magazine, and Old Eugene was raised in the country in a little schoolhouse in the sticks of Indiana. Really? Yeah. I didn't know you were from Indiana. Oh, I am so far back in the hills of Indiana. It's just <laughs> bad. So how I, did you end up here mm-hmm. in this lovely city? I. Of New York. One of my first <laughs> magazine assignments was to take Fran Lebowitz. <gasps> That was your first assignment. <laughs> That's a big my assignment. second, my second to take her camping. Wow, was she Fran Lebowitz yet? She was Fran Lebowitz. When she walked down the street, she was so because she was on Letterman all the time, mm-hmm. and she was so fast and so witty. And I thought, wouldn't it be hysterical to take Fran outside of her apartment in the village, right? Mm-hmm. Because Fran's famous line is. The outdoors, is that what I'm passing through from my apartment to the taxi cab? That's her, you know. Uh, I feel that way That's sometimes. very, I've, I have lived that life. So. Well, you know, so Fran, we took her camping. It was hilarious. She was wonderful. We put her, we took her to the uh, Shawanagunk Mountains. How do you pronounce that? I have no idea. Honestly, 
Okay, You're asking you are correct. people who who go from their apartment <laughs> to the to the cab. cab. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. okay. So Fran. Okay, she was great. After we cooked dinner, and we you know we made the dinner. She raised her hand, and said, "Check, please." <laughs> We're in the middle of nowhere around a fire. We all slept in the same tent. It was me, the photographer, and Fran. It was wonderful. That sounds very fun. Yeah, that actually sounds great. So you've had kind of like the quintessential New York career. But New it York didn't media start. Career. No, but it didn't start until I was 38. I'd, I had been filling the mail, the U.S. mail, with pitches, stories, poems, screenplays since I was the age of 12. Wow. I withstood a blizzard of negativity. No, 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 no. From 12 to 37 and a half. How do you cope with that? I just always filled with hope because I just thought, I should be in a magazine. Yeah. I should be in this magazine. I should be in Ladies Home Journal. I should be in McCall's. I should be in Cosmopolitan. Yeah, I should be. I just kept doing it. And then one day at Esquire, of all places, Mm -hmm. which was the premier magazine in America, somebody by the name of Marilyn Johnson plucked my little manuscript off the slush pile. I have a picture of the slush pile from the uh, 70s in Esquire. It was literally over your head. <laughs> over That's how tall they yeah. were. And they had them lined up in an office. They had a slush pile office. It's a lot of paper. It's a lot of paper. Need a big shredder. <laughs> yeah, see, why would she do that? She just picked it up. And that that's all I needed. I got my big size 11 shoe in the door Mm -hmm. you know once you're in you're in you know it's like i was an influencer yeah i was an influencer and because i'm a comedian i have to ask you at what point were you writing for snl and who was in the cast um snl came uh lauren liked my pieces in playboy and esquire he liked lauren lauren Uh, he liked him so he had me Come in. I remember I waited seven hours to see Lauren. I had the cutest outfit. I had a little white skirt, white sweater, white tennis shoes, white turned-down socks. Uh, but all that, white. It turns out that was not a long wait for him because mm-hmm. he's producing the show, and, you know, I'm just somebody he's going to see, and we we just clicked. But it, um, I was a very bad writer. <laughs> very, very bad. Not I a did. sketch writer? Well, more of a long-form lady? I couldn't get it on the air. They didn't think it was funny. You know, they just... I couldn't get laughs in the room for the read-throughs. Couldn't get laughs. Hey, many good people have not gotten sketches on at SNL, so... Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. part of an illustrious crew, for sure. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. But it seems that you've... Either way, you've had a really, really amazing career, and you just are coming out with this book, What Did We Need Men For?, what do we need men what for? What do we need men for? I mean, I sometimes for? wonder the same if you're not trying to have children. <laughs> but um, you only need one occurred? guy for, <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> Let but, me ask you, do you, does that really occur to you? Um, it Not like now, but it has occurred to me like in the past, you know. Re- I read Our Men Necessary by Morgan right. Dowd when I was right. in like high me school. Too. And I was like, me oh, too. like maybe, you know. Maybe. She made a very good point. Sometimes I mean sometimes it's just so it's it's frustrating like you know you do feel like you live in this sort of like white male white wealthy male dominated world and it feels like I'm not saying you don't need them as like a person but or like for personal relationships but like it just feels like 
the whole world is run by this one very small group of people and that anytime like other groups or other types of people want to kind of like break into that power structure that there's so much resistance to it and it it almost it's very discouraging to see the backlash thank you and it's getting worse me too have you noticed is fading yeah because we have a bully in the bully pulpit mm-hmm. yeah so when he can go up to rachel crux and take her by the arms and kiss her twice totally against her will and so the men in america think look he's he's the leader of the free world he can go up and take this girl take what he wants take whatever woman he wants and i think i'm not sure but i feel the me too fading back i don't think standing up and telling your story anymore is going to do it i think we either have to come forward in such numbers and not on twitter yeah that's good it inspires us mm-hmm. um but we're have you seen the statistics about millennials and their acceptance of gay, straight, I queer, did see and tra- that. Tell that us. it's going down. Yes. I, I don't have the exact like ob- numbers right in front of me. Twenty-five but points for males and almost eighteen points we, for females. What's going down? Acceptance of the, queer and LGBTQ people has actually gone down. down How is that possible? I, because the man, it, he is an. Look what he did yesterday, telling these oh, wonderful yeah. women of mm-hmm. color to go back to their country. Yes. Totally racist, anti-female, right down the line. And because he's threatened by them because they're because they're women he's who will not speak th- out. He's not threatened. I think he's a coward and he's threatened by anyone who will who will speak out against him such that he has to respond in this like extremely aggressively bullying way. Explain that. You think he's actually threatened? I mean, nothing's going to actually happen to him because as we see, right. he's it's just he never fucking suffers a single consequence. But May I, I have do a think, high five. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think that personally, his inside, his internal feelings are not as strong as his reactions. Like I think he's it, yes. ultimately in the end of the day, inside he's he's a coward. That's just it. No, I don't think so. I you think don't inside. Think so. No, no, no. He behaves. Like a like Genghis Khan, he behaves like Alexander the Great. He is not afraid. See, he but is I, doesn't not that come afraid. from insecurity? Yeah, no, that's how I feel. No, he no. The man is one hundred percent confident. Don't buy into the bullshit about it. he's so insecure. He has to slap. Uh-uh. This is just think of Genghis Khan. Think of the, think what he is doing every and nobody's telling him no. Well, no, right? One no one will tell him no. But he I is, do. Go ahead. No, I just feel like I think that he's he he's obsessed with his own celebrity and his own image, and I think he feels threats to his own celebrity. And I think he sees someone like AOC, like Ilhan Omar, like Ayanna Presley, who have this like also power of celebrity behind them. Like people love them, and I think that that does threaten him. I think that he's mm. obsessed with anyone like AOC's really famous and I think that he's threatened by other famous people I think that he wanted to become president so he could be the most famous person in the world and I think part of the reason that the Republicans pick on AOC is because they find her attractive oh I think I think they know I think they look at her and they're like ooh like a woman of color ooh but she's also kind of hot she's very hot and and they I think that that is almost what like feeds their fury because Nothing is worse to them than a woman who wouldn't 
give them the time of day and accept them and like stroke their ego. Yeah. And that's why I think the hatred comes in for her specifically. And they also like always their first line of defense against any powerful woman is to be like, you're ugly. And oh, like they can't <laughs> like they I know. they can say it to her if you but, want. But everyone no, everyone can not. see that's everyone can see what's going on. So it's, yeah. it's turning around. I'm telling you. Mm hmm. We have to be very careful about this time we live in. We cannot take this. We cannot take this. We cannot let him get away with this. We have to stand up. And that, if we could come up with a way to do it, can have you guys thought of anything? You have a lot of power, bitches. You have a lot of power. You have a lot of attention from young women all over the country, and actually in the world. I mean, that really is our mission. So I everyone, know it should, is. everyone tell your friends to subscribe to the newsletter on this podcast. Um, that really is our mission. But sometimes there's this feeling like, especially when it comes to getting people, we can, I think, get people who are like us more engaged. But it does feel like we are sort of, we exist in a bubble of people from New York, California, Miami, Chicago, Right. Shout out if you're not from those places. We really need you guys. Um, and it feels sometimes like we are kind of perpetuating the, you know, liberal Twitter yeah. view of things. Mm. Preaching and then, to the choir. And, and, right, and right. I don't, I mean, we can, I don't know if I want to bring this to Nancy Pelosi, but I will just for a second. And as upset as I am at her for not moving towards impeachment, I do think that she believes she's doing the right thing because yeah, she's saying, I don't want to just follow the people in this bubble because there are this, there is this middle that we need to, that we need to keep so we don't chase them away. And I mean, I think we're kidding ourselves. There, I do believe there are more people who agree with progressive policies, but ultimately at the, end, at the end of the day, Fox news has more power than any one liberal outlet. And I think that that's what's a little bit scary. Well, we can fix it. I tell you, mm -hmm. we can fix it. Think how many women are in this country. We outnumber the men. We can fix it. We just have to have hope. We all feel um, Pelosi. Listen, if she could impeach him, I promise you, she would have done it. <laughs> that's how smart that woman is. She's, got, she's figured out stuff that we can't even guess, right? Do you support impeaching? Do you support would you uh, want her to bring articles of impeachment? I would now. support anything that will help him not be elected in the next two years. Do you think he will? Yes, be I, I think he will be elected. Absolutely. <laughs> but you know I don't want to make it feel foregone. But millennials, are not, if they don't get out and vote, we've lost it. I do feel like the millennial engagement in the midterms was at presidential election levels so if we can do that for a midterm what can we do for the presidential yeah, like yeah, i, I right. try to i do feel like what he has done and like like has engaged a lot of people like that people do see that we're living in a time where like you can't just stay home and not vote right. and not register exactly. in your home state and forget to send in your absentee ballot and like right. do all the stuff that right. people i think in our generation who like the first president I ever voted for was Obama. And then we had eight oh. years and I was like, we did it. Right, <laughs> We're right. good. Like, yeah. and I, I wasn't, I was, I've always been a politically engaged person, but I was, I did feel like, um, I felt like we could never like that. That was a stopping point, And then everything would be prog progress from there, but we would never go back. Huh. And I know, I mean, Same. now I feel very silly. <laughs> but thinking the, that. the country, Loves Trump. Are you aware of that? I'm from Indiana. 40%. They, no, but 
silent people. Those people are not. Do you yeah. believe that? I, yes. You, I you think I there's know a it. silent. What, yeah. What, yeah. what makes you think that? They like the changes in the country. They don't like African-American people. They don't like the immigrants. They're not talking about it. They don't go to parties and express this view, but they're pretty much behind the president on this one, you know, on these two things. But what do you think it is? Do you think it's just like inherent human bias towards people who look different? I have no, you guys are going to have to figure that out. <laughs> you're going to have to figure it out. I mean, you, you got the tail end of it when you were talking about his tweet to the four women. Yeah, I mean, go back to those. There's something that people love that. Just, yeah. you know, you go outside of New York, you That's go into the country, it. go to talk to the farmers and the factory workers. Yeah. They want to see the world shaken up. So for this book, you traveled around the country asking, what do we need men for? <laughs> Did you pick up on a lot of those sentiments you were just describing like yeah. during your travels? Well, I only went to towns named after women. Right, yes. And I only How wore, many of those are there? Uh, I went to, well, <laughs> the places where I stayed and really talked to p- people, 31. But I would go to like Tallulah, Louisiana, mm-hmm. <laughs> Marysville, Ohio, Cynthiana, Indiana, Mariana, Arkansas. And I only wore clothes designed by women. I only ate in cafes with women's names. I only listened to music by women. I only read books by women. I was doing without men. Mm-hmm. And I'd arrive in a town, and I would get out, and because my car... And you survived, so maybe we don't need the men. <laughs> really, really. I, and I would get out, and I would, because I had a polka dot, I painted big blue polka dots in my car. People would just come around the car. <laughs> And it's so refreshing to get outside New York and talk to people. I mean, to tell, they, one of the questions I ask is, if you could picture a woman running the country, who would it be? Not one person, not one person on 4,099 miles mentioned Hillary Clinton's name. Not one. That she didn't even, they can't picture a woman in charge or in power it just they can't do it who did they say did they say oprah which is a good choice that bill maher did a whole segment oh i tell i'm totally down with bill that was just great i agree (laughs) she's the only one famous enough um so they were refreshing because you find out these women are holding down three jobs with two kids what what you know, yeah. they, can, they can't come forward and report their bosses because they'd lose their job. And then what would happen to their kids? Yeah. No. So the country wanted a change. They wanted things shaken up. Um, and they wanted things to happen. And boy, things happened. Yeah. Uh, Did anyone say Kamala Harris? No, this is... In, 2017. Oh. Although she okay. was no, she was she was senator then. Yeah, that is but right. That was so far. They right. barely could come up with Elizabeth Warren, who had been a uh, senator for like seven or eight years by the time I took the trip. But they uh, couldn't do Oprah, Ellen, Ellen. Okay. People on TV, Jane Pauley. Who was that? CBS early <laughs> Sunday show. That's why. <laughs> This is what I mean when I say we are not in touch. (laughs) (laughs) They don't. When I mentioned Harvey Weinstein, nobody knew who he was. Really? That surprises me. Wake. This was in 2017. The bomb dropped 
on October 5th, the day I took started the trip. Really? So, so it took it takes time for somebody like Harvey Weinstein to go get into the culture. Mm-hmm. Right. We were all full of Harvey Weinstein. I mean, every night on the road, I'm doing the whiny dick hour when all these guys are coming forward. Matt Lauer whining his apology and Harvey Weinstein <laughs> whining his apology. But nobody where I was traveling, mm-hmm. they were not aware. But I hope, I hope they're aware now. They're too busy to be aware about. They're just too busy. Yes. They're too busy. They're too, it's, you know... Um, so you, you said in the beginning that you think that Me Too is sort of like petering out. It's losing power. It's not, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Is it, is, do you I, feel, what, I what? feel like I agree that like, um, I, there was, there was so much energy when it first oh, came out. And like, I mean, my social media feed, it was like, oh, it was crazy when, like when the actual hashtag was being in use, in use. And then I felt like it was like. Weinstein, Matt Lauer, like all of these stories coming forward. And now I do feel like things have petered out in a way of like the power behind these stories seems to be less. And I do think that one example is 11 pages in your book where you talk about an encounter that you had with Donald Trump. Right. And I was... I mean, now you we, we talked about how the New York Times has done six stories, you said? New York Times has done six stories about it. But I felt like when it first came out... Well, I didn't feel that wave of energy. No, but do you, but I, the reason for that I think is not only because of the story itself, and we will definitely talk about this. What I think it's partly because at the same time there's all these other insane stories about his like advancing atar- yes. authoritarian mm-hmm. tendencies, yes. and you're competing with like concentration camps, and you're competing oh, with yeah. his like financial shit and and the fact that no one will testify and and the census and all these things so it's like it doesn't have the oxygen that like harvey weinstein came out and that was the only thing that was the only thing Mm -hmm. also he had tanks going through washington oh yeah Yeah. that was right he was trying to do the tanks i can't even remember which stories are competing yeah so yeah um so women need not be frightened about coming forward because you can come forward and two days later Nobody will remember it. Well, that is how we're losing power. Yeah. I do I do feel like the power behind certain stories has become less. Like like not that I think they're less powerful, but like they don't get the same media traction because people are like, oh, another Me Too story. Okay. What about Jeffrey Epstein? Jeff Epstein, I feel like, is different because of how like sordid it is and how many like powerful people it pulls into play like i we hope we hope hope pulse you're you are correct yeah i mean he pled not guilty which is insane um so what i haven't heard that yeah Mm -hmm. did that was that today no it was was like like last week oh oh yes i knew it yeah Yeah. i'm really shocked by the same story (laughs) (laughs) you just were like i can't even deal with that okay yeah so so in so in the time after your after you wrote that article or released that excerpt of your book how what was your experience like from that well we had not uh, saint martin's published the book we had no idea we did not put Trump anywhere near the cover. We didn't even mention Trump in the book catalog. He is only 11 pages. We had no idea. Then we decided, at first we were just going to put a, 
a, a notice on page six just to mention it. Mm -hmm. But then we went with an excerpt. And then, as we know, New York put it on the cover. Amanda Demi took the picture. She's the same woman who put all 35 of the Cosby accusers mm -hmm. on the cover. Oh, I didn't realize that yeah, was that the was, same That's woman. Amanda wow. Demi. And, you know, David Haskell, the editor-in-chief of New York, said, when, even when Lori Abraham, who put the uh, excerpt together, even she didn't realize him. She had put the Trump thing at the end, never mentioned it. David Haskell got the excerpt. He said, no, no, we put this right up front. We, we, no, nobody was thinking about it until Haskell came along and said, this is a cover, this is about Trump, and then it broke. And then um, uh, I was not ready for it. Nobody was ready for it, but, you know, boom. And then it was pretty crazy for three, four days. And... Um, I stayed off of social media, which is the key <laughs> to happiness. Yes. Um, and Facebook, my friend at Facebook, my, my partner um, in my little matchmaking company, he's friends with the guy at Facebook who runs the harassment. And they so he runs nothing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> so, so they try, moved in to protect me. I said, no, I want to see the... You know, when I'm, you know, in a few days, I want to oh, see. Oh, you him. wanted to do something. I I wanted oh. to see, I mm -hmm. wanted to see what was what they were saying because I needed to have a grip on the country. But as it was like when you were like taking the photo for the cover right. and all of that stuff, didn't know that it was, was for the cover. They were oh. taking the photo, and the art director came down, and Jody uh, Jody, the art director, the fantastic art. She said, "Hey, Jean, this is the cover." And I said, "What? Don't tell me that," because only then did it start to th did it start to come into me. Like, oh, cover. So at that moment, was that when you started to be like, "I'm this is going to be a big story," or I thought it was going to be a story, mm -hmm. but not necessarily. It's eleven pages in the book. It's not even. And yes, he was. It was a very violent, very horrible story, but. I had moved on so quickly from it, you know, it had, can I just confess, it had very little effect on me because it was just so brief and it started out so funny and it was so violent and I got away so quickly um, that unlike m many women who are harassed every day who just, they get beaten down with it, I got out very quickly. So, um, see, that's, so, Yeah. Do you feel like the the experience and how much of it was just sort of like a blip on your radar? Do you feel like that's what his defenders want you to want you and want the public to think about it? Like, oh, it's just right. no big deal. Right. But doesn't that sort of normalize or make it acceptable yeah. for not just him, but someone's random boss to, no, to do something like that? You're absolutely right. And I am guilty of saying of not being a victim i'm guilty of saying it's one little thing i have moved on i really should say i can't go on living after that it's like the worst thing but i can't say that i have to actually say it's i'm not i'm not help you know but you don't what have would to you do what would you do i mean i i don't know what my reaction to that would be i don't i don't know how i would feel in the wake of that but i do feel like even if I had had your feelings toward it and it were just kind of like a blip, 
that not a blip i mean i was aware that some horrible thing had happened mm-hmm. but i actually had to talk to my friend lisa who had to say stop laughing eugene because i was telling her a great story i mean i was a little hysterical but she had to say this is not funny what happened right i i guess maybe that just for the sake of the effect it might have on other people i you're right it might you're right because it to to me, it sort of seems like it could serve their I, argument. I, you're right, but so then ha- then how do you grapple with the way that it made that that it affected you, and the way that it might just sort of like allow Republicans to be like, oh fuck it, like you know who I cares? can't uh, listen. They're they're that way about everything, right? They are. <laughs> I yeah. could have lost human speech and have been withered away on the camera would have made no difference mm-hmm. it, i just right. refuse to be his victim just refuse to be his victim won't do it right can't do it and do you so, feel like that's something that you need to do kind of for yourself because of the like yeah, that it yeah. was violent and yeah it was uh, violent like, it's horrible yeah and you just you got to put it behind you and chin up is my thing um it doesn't you know you've seen the women coming forward who are weeping about what the president did to them. Weeping! And I understand why they're weeping, because the pressure of doing a press conference, that's why those women are crying. Because the pressure of coming forward is so great, and the pain is so great about all this pressure. I understand how they're crying. It doesn't make any difference. If you're weeping, if you're in pain, if you're not in pain, it makes no difference. Right. I, I suppose that is what's so frustrating about it because you, I mean, I, th- I think back a lot about Christine Blasey Ford, who's sort of oh. is like, she's sort of like the quintessential credible victim. Oh, the wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And the way she conducted herself, there's like really nothing that you could say other than there's no proof. I'm putting that in air quotes because that's what they say. But it just kind of shows that they will never believe someone or take anything seriously well no they did believe her they just believed that she was saying it about the wrong man oh right yeah Yeah, they did believe her yeah but that's what they had to tell themselves so that they could confirm him and i feel like what they actually mean by that is we do believe you but we actually don't care (laughs) at all yes (laughs) like yes so they'll come up with like oh she like they know she's not talking about someone else they know that i think the people who say that actually know it but they're what they really want to say is i don't care that that yeah, happened. they don't care. Or they're like, yeah. we just want to get him confirmed so we can further take away women's rights. No, exactly. And that's what's more important. That's exactly it's right. what God wants. He didn't so kill no- her. He didn't kill her. Yeah, but like, so he what? He didn't kill her. I know. mean, but this is sort of what I was saying, mm-hmm. like in, early on when we were talking about just our like are men necessary or what do you need men for? It's like, that's what's so frustrating about the structures that they've built, that they have them, that they have it so that it's like essentially indestructible, like the glass ceiling, like maybe you could make a crack in it, but it is like so far from broken. And you see by the reaction and the backlash when someone does try to come forward and confront it, that that's just, that it's just impenetrable. She was perfect witness. She, this was her, she had a doctorate in this very thing of memory and how the brain works. She was perfect. I think the conclusion of what do we need men for, do, you know, is, 
Well, we need men for a lot of things. We need them to clean the roads and rake the leaves <laughs> and do all that rake stuff. Rake the forest I mean, so there's like, no more fires. Well, they're, they're great companions. They're fun. They, you know, they write great movies. They have great music, and they're great to have in bed, and they're great. Mm-hmm. But we just don't need them to run everything. Yes. 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 We yes. want to run things now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The world would be so much better yeah. If women ran things, just for a while, maybe four or five years, just get, let us, <laughs> let's, you know. Just give us four or five years. That does make me think or of. Or like co-run things. Yeah. No, no. no. Never co with a man. <laughs> they will, no, no. Why not? Only run things. Okay. Us. Only run things. Can't, you can't co with a man. You can't. I guess that's true. He yeah. just starts saying your ideas louder after you've already said them, and then it's like he's in charge somehow. Every yes. woman listening to this podcast has been had one of her ideas stolen from a man at work. Mm-hmm. Every single listener has had a man steal her idea. I have not, but have you not? I mean, I've only ever worked here with like almost all women, so. and you hire <laughs> and you personally hire them all. Yeah, so. and then is the boss from uh, the get. So that is yeah. one way to do it, ladies. Yeah. You have never been told in a meeting to hold it down. No, it's lucky. Have Have well, I ever told yeah, you? Well, hold it down? <laughs> <laughs> well, I am in comedy, so I have had oh. a lot of interesting experience sharing the stage with male comedians and and men of all stripes. <laughs> Wait a minute, has, has anybody stolen your jokes? Well, yes. I think more than not like like no one's like stolen a joke from my set, but I've definitely been in just like casual conversation where I say a joke and then he just says it louder, which is the same yes. like yeah, is the same you thing. Like you, you say something funny and then like no one listens because it's you and you're a woman Good. and you're speaking. And then the guy sitting next to you will say the joke louder exactly. and everyone's like, that's great. Put exactly. it in the script. And you're like, exactly. cool. <laughs> awesome. Wow. Uh. Yeah. yeah, so I that's mean, a real thing. I mean, I've definitely been, like, spoken down to by men, but not a man who, like, has significant power over me because they're not in this company. So it's usually, like, someone outside. This is what you do. You start your own company. Yep. That's yeah. it. You make your own job. And then work for, or if you're not someone who wants to start your own company, work for women who are right. supportive of other right. women. I mean, exactly. This, you look around, this is like a mostly female company. Yeah, So great. it's not as much, it's not so much a, a mirror of like the world. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. That's definitely. No, this is its own little safe haven. This that is, is a true. Mirror. For people who want to say things that are a bit more risque. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's it's it's you're mirroring the world of a Wonder Woman. Oh, that's wow. so nice. What is, this is Themyscira, isn't that? I can't oh, remember. I don't what remember her either. island is called. Yeah, oh, the Wonder Woman that. Island. Yeah, Themyscira or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. Mascara. Oh, the Mascara Island. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I like it. Yeah. That's what you're doing here. Yeah, yeah. So this brings us to the end of our episode and it's been such a joy to have you here thank you um where can our listeners find your book well what do you mean where they can find my book just come up to me on the street (laughs) you know everybody's got my book Mm -hmm. um and there there are pages in there where i ask the readers question and i love to hear their response oh yeah so can they they find you on social media yes they can Mm -hmm. but if a woman actually is very much in love with a man and he's, she's angry at me for saying why we don't need men, she can, have, she can anoint her man an honorary woman, and I put him on the website. 
Oh, I might do that. Oh, That's I need it. to do that. Yeah. We, okay, I'm definitely doing that. Yeah. I mean, I think of this more as like a, are men the the general gender necessary? Rather, right. Like different individual men can yeah. like get a path. Yeah. The, yes. And it, yes. Yes. Yeah. So I will say it. that my boyfriend takes care of our cat's litter box and I would oh. be very upset if he really I, that's excellent yeah. I know see I've got Wait, him on that litter box that, that's good because <laughs> I don't want to do that my fiance does like 70% would you look at the work. rock on her finger <laughs> oh <laughs> I mean no. really. did he also <laughs> did you shine that bugger right before I walked in because that is a I do beautiful. keep it I do keep it shined it is it always is, shiny oh, it is thank you. beautiful <laughs> but um yeah no he does probably in addition to the ring he also does like 75 <laughs> percent of the housework and I've recently said I will take more on just he's oh. like better at it <laughs> look at you living the CEO lifestyle yeah I he love also it. works I know <laughs> yeah, but, yeah well, I'm picturing like he's got like an apron on he's, oh I he love loves it. to I meal love preps it. for us that although yesterday I meal prepped um, but we also are going to have a Q&A with Eugene on the website, Betches.com. And Fabulous. we will also have some Instagram stories on social with her. And we'll put it on the Oh, highlights. Instagram. I'm very excited. Yes. <laughs> very um, excited. <laughs> so, Eugene, it was amazing to have you on the show. I loved every minute. It was so wonderful to have you in the office. It was, it really, this was so fun. It was. It really was. I think, would you come back? I'll, of course I'll come back. Okay, great. Now we got you recorded, so. Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, so this is how we sign off, guys. Until the end of democracy, I'm Elise Morales. I'm Sammy Fishbine. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We've got water you for you. Um... We have a performer. It's yeah. a lot of things back Who to back. Who are those people? <laughs> are the our employees? You have a lot of employees. Yeah, it's do. expanded so much. Yeah, Elise is one of our first writers ever. True. You know, the early days were the best. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they were. I used to do really it from were. my apartment. They yeah. now really I come here every day. Yes. Really, <laughs> the early days were killing it. Yeah, they were. Yes. Remember those days? You yes. were not afraid to say anything. <laughs> Wait, have you been reading since the beginning? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a true a- fan. Oh, my God. <laughs> a true But, yeah, batch. we were not afraid to say anything. I remember probably. you were in a WeWorks. Yes. My uh, matchmaking yeah. company was in the same WeWorks. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Oh, my this God. Is like the <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. Back in the day. There, like, it's wasn't cancel problem. culture. Yeah, cancel culture didn't exist at that point. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It what, couldn't. what is cancel culture? Cancel culture is like when someone does or says something like, ranging from like actually bad to like a marginal misstep, not yeah. saying something that's like politically correct. People, you, you get canceled, so it's like not it's, cool you anymore. You can't oh, be a fan of them anymore. Oh, oh, like what happened to the two who had their fight? The guy and the woman, the makeup people. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. James Charles and Tati Westbrook. Is it weird that I already forgot their names? <laughs> I, did too, I yeah. don't know the names. Yeah. I remember. I she remember. She canceled him, but he came yeah. back. And then he canceled. Exactly. They try, They were trying to cancel, get everyone to cancel right. just, the other just, one. just canceled it out. Yes. Yeah. And then they just they canceled, canceled each other out. out. Batches.